Hello, and welcome to today's edition of the fight against COVID-19, What's Really Going On, a CGTN radio podcast that brings you everything you need to know about the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Yu Tianyu. In this edition, we will look at the travel boom ahead of the Spring Festival as COVID infections peak in large parts of China. Travel between Hong Kong and the mainland surged ahead of the Lunar New Year. Hong Kong has raised the daily quota for mainland-bound travelers, allowing up to 65,000 to cross at designated land entrances ahead of the Chinese New Year. This comes as the high-speed railway linking Hong Kong with the mainland has resumed operation. Xi Hua has more. Every day, 77 bullet trains will operate the 26 kilometers between Hong Kong's Western Kaolong Station and the mainland's Futian, Shenzhen North, Guangzhou South stations, as well as the newly added Guangzhou East station. It's the first train uh, coming to the mainland. I think this is uh, really excited. And uh, this time I came here for uh, the sightseeing of the COVID-19 situation. It's so convenient now. I can finally go back to the mainland to see my parents. To board a train, passengers will need to show a valid ticket and a negative COVID test taking up to 48 hours before departure. The Shenzhen North Station and Futian Station of the Shenzhen Railway had upgraded the inbound gates, automatic ticket venting machines, and other equipment a few days earlier in order to ensure that cross-border passengers can use the exit entry permit for traveling to and from Hong Kong and Macau. Checkpoints between the mainland and special administrative region reopened last Sunday. Authorities on both sides are reviewing train operations and tourist demand before deciding when to resume long-haul rail transport. Back in 2019, there were 5.5 million mainland passengers traveling to Hong Kong in January before the Spring Festival. However, there's no sharp rise of outbound tourists as we expected. So. We asked experts for analysis. It takes time for people to get recover if they get infected. So it's not going to happen instantaneously. Secondly, is we are approaching to the Chinese New Year. Before Chinese New Year, everyone are very busy about the business, doing their works. They will try to finish all the duties and tasks before the big holidays. Experts say the first wave of tourists to Hong Kong is expected in the next three to six months which could help revitalize tourism, retail, hotel and other industries in the region. That was Xu Hua reporting. Before the COVID-19 pandemic, Chinese tourists were the third largest group visiting Switzerland, where the tourism sector accounts for about 3% of GDP. The country is now keen to see them come back now that COVID restrictions in China have lifted. Julia Lubova reports from Switzerland. Snow-capped mountains, green alpine pastures with cows peacefully grazing on grass, Swiss alpine cheese and chocolate, the list of quintessential Switzerland goes on and on. It is no wonder that the country attracts millions of tourists from around the world every year. 2019 was the peak year for tourists from China. They collectively spent 1.85 million hotel nights in Switzerland that year. After the COVID-19 pandemic closed borders, Switzerland's revenue from tourism took a huge hit. Marcus Berger, head of communications at Switzerland Tourism, says that Switzerland cannot wait to welcome visitors from China once again. 
Chinese guests are really open and can be um, um, can be won over to visit even small remote valleys and and other destinations. And so they are very important for us as guests because then we can have tourism equally spread out over the whole country. And and Chinese uh, guests play a major role in that. The top three destinations in Switzerland for first-time travelers from China are Lucerne, Interlaken, and Zermatt. Zermatt is home to the iconic Matterhorn, the most photographed mountain in the world. Paula Möhring, reception manager at the Arca Solibat Hotel, says that many Chinese guests at her hotel choose Zermatt to see the famous Matterhorn. We expect to see them again because they are amazing guests. <laughs> they appreciate what we do for them. If they have the Matterhorn view from the room, they are happy and we are happy. According to figures from Switzerland Tourism, an average tourist in Switzerland spends 160 Swiss francs per day, while Chinese tourists spend 380 Swiss francs per day. This is because they travel around the country and they love to purchase Swiss-made souvenirs. Matterland is a souvenir shop on the busy main street in Zermatt, and Mara Illich, who works at the shop, says that Chinese tourists love to buy souvenirs with symbols of Switzerland. Before the pandemic, we have a lot of Chinese tourists here, and they're like like um, wooden carving from Switzerland. Everything we have with the Swiss cross, they like them. That's a Matterhorn. The return of Chinese tourists is not expected overnight, but the country is more than ready. Switzerland Tourism says that they have kept a good presence in China throughout the pandemic and they are working with Chinese tour operators to ensure a smooth comeback of an important traveller. There was Julia Lubova reporting on the return of Chinese tourists to Switzerland. Meantime, hospitals across China have been ramping up efforts to offer better medical resources for the public as the most important traditional holiday for family reunions in the country approaches. Official data shows that both infection numbers and figures of severe cases of COVID-19 have reached a tapering point across China. Hospitals in Sichuan are rallying resources to boost their treatment capacity for severe cases. Meng Qingshen finds out more. Despite a drop in hospital visits, patients are still arriving at the emergency medical center of Sichuan Provincial People's Hospital. With no need to declare the results of a nuclear acid test, many of them come along with respiratory and digestive symptoms. The number of visits to emergency department is declining here. On a daily basis, the figure is down by about 40% from our peak time. Meanwhile, the number of critical patients has dropped by over 50%. The emergency medical center recorded over 1,000 visits each day during the peak of infections. It has struggled to put in place medical facilities and personnel to cope with the huge influx of COVID-19 patients. We have developed a highly effective mechanism to admit patients. With almost no delay, as long as they are eligible, we would allow them in. By doing this, we are able to free up more resources to treat new patients. Health authorities here in Sichuan told the media that the province saw peak COVID-19 infections about a month ago in mid-December. And it's estimated that more than 80% of the provincial population have contracted the virus. However, the province still faces a tough task in treating severe cases. Currently, the hospital has around 500 severe and fatal cases under intensive care. 
In the early days of coronavirus outbreaks, we had to cope with increased number of severe cases. To meet the rising demand, we expanded the number of ICU beds from around 200 to the current level of 506. Our intensive care units are capable of providing life support for all those in need. Now, fewer and fewer patients pay a visit to the hospital's fever clinic. The empty space indicates that a peak infection has passed in this part of southwest China. But experts believe, with the arrival of Chinese New Year in less than one week, how the rural areas handle a potential surge of infections has become a new focal point. That was Meng Qingsheng reporting. Medical facilities in China's rural areas face bigger challenges in treating COVID patients compared with those in large cities. Yang Jinghao visited a hospital in Yunnan province to see how it is preparing for a potential influx of patients as people travel home for the Chinese New Year. Dr. Jiang Zicheng works at a hospital in a small town in southwest China's Baoshan city. He said they've seen more patients in recent weeks, 600 one day at its peak, double the urine number, with the most showing COVID symptoms. Most of the patients have mild symptoms. They only need to take medicines at home or receive outpatient care. Jiang normally works at a city-level hospital. The so-called medical service community is playing an active role in response to the epidemic. Since the COVID outbreak, we've arranged to have doctors from the city's number two hospital and the CDC and some other institutions work at township-level hospitals from six months to a year. We hope this will provide people in rural areas with better access to medical resources. Under this cooperation model, when a village clinic is unable to treat a patient, it can transfer them to a township or even a higher-level hospital more easily. As the Chinese New Year or Spring Festival draws near, many of those working in cities will return to villages to reunite with their families. This is expected to bring a new wave of COVID infections, and local medical institutions are trying to get prepared in advance. Offering booster shots is one of the ways it's getting ready. Most of the elderly people in the town with about 49,000 people have received the shots. And the hospital is adjusting its operation strategy. We've integrated the resources of the departments of gynecology and obstetrics, traditional Chinese medicine and surgery to reinforce the fever clinics and vaccination team. Now we have relatively sufficient staff and beds for another potential outbreak. Having enough medication is also a priority. We've reached supply guarantee agreements with more medicine suppliers. We started preparing a month ago, and the stock can last for two to three months. For some medications in high demand, such as fever reducer, we keep replenishing every day. Zhang also visits clinics in villages regularly to give them guidance to better serve those in need. That was Yang Jinghao reporting. One community doctor in southern China has been scouring local mountains for herbs to help treat his patients. He Weiwei has more. 56-year-old Zhao Yuanqiang is the only doctor in Gongcheng County of the Yao ethnic minority in southern China. This ethnic minority has its own traditional medicine, and part of Zhao's work routine is to find Chinese herbs. Dr. Zhao is taking me to collect some Chinese herbs. 
you know, we need to go deep inside the mountains to find them. It's no easy task. This is Baba Ye. Baba Ye. Growing up here since early childhood, Zhao can identify nearly every plant throughout these mountains. Okay, we find it. It's okay. It's a kind of the Chinese herbs called banlangen. It's at its roots. It's widely used in the traditional Chinese medicine to treat a cold. Were used as an antivirus treatment. As the only doctor in the village for three decades, Zhao treats almost everything: fever, broken bones, and other injuries, and gives injections. He has delivered about 70 babies. The eldest is over 20 years old now. My work time depends on villagers' needs. I'm on call at all times. I use both Western drugs as well as traditional Chinese medicine, part of which is traditional therapies of our Yao ethnic minority. The villagers' houses are scattered across the mountainous area. For the elderly residents, he makes house calls. He's been taking care of me for years. He comes whenever I'm in need. He's a very responsible doctor. Both of the elderly ladies have just recovered from COVID infection. I came today to bring them some more medicine. I make three to five home visits like this every day. Daily patients for Zhao tripled to around 90 at the peak of the recent COVID wave, but now the number has gradually reduced. China has about one million clinics and four million medics like Zhao at a community level. There is one doctor per thousand people on average in China's rural areas. Zhao says many young people in the village, including his son and daughter, are studying medicine, so he has successors after retirement. That was He Weiwei reporting from Gongcheng County. The XBB 1.5 variant spreading fast across the United States is also causing COVID-19 concerns in China after lifting restrictions on international flights. Tao Yuan spoke with an expert about whether China should be alarmed. The first wave of infection since China relaxed its COVID policies subsides. A new concern: the Omicron variant XBB 1.5 has been reported in at least 38 countries and is sweeping across the U.S. Yang Yanfang is an associate professor with West China School of Public Health and an expert with the advisory group of the State Council's Joint Prevention and Control Mechanism. XBB is a subvariant of Omicron. The X means it's a recombinant variant. We use the letter X to indicate that. The BB means it's a hybrid of two Omicron BA.2 lineages, hence XBB. The cause of concern is the most transmissible variant detected yet. Adapted dodging antibodies generated from vaccination, boosters, and previous infections. There are studies both home and abroad which indicate that the antibodies from the previous Omicron vaccination infections offer different levels of protection from the XBB in different people. Some studies suggest only 40% protection, others 50% or even 60%. Especially since China eased its COVID-19 restrictions and reopened its borders, how? Likely, will the XBB variant stir a second wave of infections with an influx of inbound travelers from abroad? Based on many studies from both home and abroad, I think people shouldn't be over anxious. XBB is still part of the Omicron family. We still have a significant number of antibodies generated from the epidemic, which can, to some point, neutralize the XBB. On top of that, we also have the T cells in our bodies, which give 
some levels of immunity. Last year, from August to December, China reported 16 local cases of the XBB infection. Authorities said most of the cases were found in October, with only one case discovered in December. But China also ended its mass testing in December. We dare not say the data is that accurate, but the Joint Prevention and Control Mechanism recently released operational guidelines for COVID prevention and control, which called for strengthened mutation monitoring of the virus. We have selected sentinel hospitals, which we will monitor the outpatient, ER, ICU, and death cases. We will also monitor our ports of entry, like airports and. Border crossings and conduct whole genome sequencing on any positive case detected. One purpose of this is to monitor imported cases of XBB, but we can't be sure the virus isn't mutating still. So we are also trying to detect any possible new COVID variants. The WHO has released a risk assessment report stating that the XBB Omicron subvariant has a growth advantage and will likely to cause global COVID cases to increase. But the body also said that they can't be certain at this point because all the data it relied on came from one country, and that's the United States. It adds that the XBB has no mutations that are known to make people sicker. That was Tao Yuan reporting. With that, we end this episode of the fight against COVID-19. What's really going on? Subscribe to our podcast for another episode filled with facts, stories, and opinions concerning the global battle against the novel coronavirus. For more detailed stories about the pandemic, visit radio.cgtn.com or listen to our current affairs program, The Beijing Hour, online. Drop us a line on our podcast so we can provide you with even more content that interests you. I'm Yu Tianyu. Thanks for listening.